Welcome, friends, to the Earl Dex Pokemon Podcast, a podcast that asks, if this Pokemon were real, where might I find it in the real world? What would its moveset and ability be in the wild? Does its data even make sense? I am your host, Geo, and in answering these questions, we'll be discussing the real-life plants, animals, myths, legends, people, things, and even foods that inspired the Pokemon we know and love. It should be noted that we will be using data coming from the core series of games almost exclusively, venturing into the anime, spin-off games, or manga only when absolutely necessary to fill in some blanks, if at all. For our ninth episode, we are welcoming an entirely new generation of Pokémon from the Paldea region into the fold, as we discuss numbers 909, 910, and 911 in the National Decks, Fuecoco, Crocolore, and Skeledurge. Pokemon Scarlet and Violet are finally here, and with them comes 103 new Pokemon, the largest crop of new Pokemon since Generation 5's Pokemon Black and White, which initially had a regional dex comprised of 156 entirely new Pokemon. That means that along with the introduction of the Paldean region, comes the necessity for a fourth digit, as there are now a total of 1,008 Pokemon species in the known Pokemon world. While that might sound like a lot, in real life, there are well over 1 million living animal species that have been identified and described, and it is estimated that there are likely over 7 million animal species in total. Since it's taken Game Freak 26 years to get to 1,000 Pokémon, we can expect Game Freak to hit 1 million Pokémon species 26,000 years from now, sometime in the year 28022, give or take a millennia or two. Until then, Let's begin our exploration of the Paldea region with my chosen starter in Pokemon Violet. Fuecoco, the Fire Croc Pokemon. It lies on warm rocks and uses the heat absorbed by its square-shaped scales to create fire energy. Its flame sack is small, so energy is always leaking out. This energy is released from the dent atop Fuecoco's head and flickers to and fro. Fuecoco and its evolutions have the distinction of being Pokémon's first cold-blooded fire-type starter. All previous fire-type starters have been mammals, with the exception of Torchic and its evolutions, which are based on chickens. And chickens are warm-blooded animals. As a result, not only does the Fire Croc Pokémon lie on warm rocks to create fire energy, but also to warm itself, just as real-life crocodiles do. Unlike real-world crocodiles, however, Fuecoco also needs the sun's heat to build fire energy in its small flame sack, which we have to assume is somewhere in its ample head. So it appears that the two little tufts of what appears to be hair on its head is actually excess fire energy leaking out. This may be an adaptation unique to Fuecoco because of its fire typing. In real life, when crocodiles need to cool off, they actually submerge themselves in water, or open their mouths to vent the heat. As a dip in the water would absolutely destroy a fire type, the tufts on Fuecoco's head appear to be a secondary method of venting that heat. Since we can't assume that Fuecoco operates under the anime's Ponita rules, in which the fire of its body doesn't harm people it trusts, we would do well to assume this is a Pokémon you wouldn't want to give headpats to. Standing at 1 foot 4, 
3.4 meters tall and weighing in at 21.6 pounds, 9.8 kilograms, Fuecoco is roughly the same height and weight as your garden variety, garden gnome. Of course, Fuecoco looks a little thicker in the body than most garden gnomes I've ever seen, so those dimensions are certainly not one-to-one. -one. Fuecoco is also the second Pokémon we've discussed that is disproportionately male, and whose real-world influence has temperature-dependent sex determination. In crocodiles, higher temperatures result in more males than females. So, if we assume that a prerequisite for survival in the wild is a brighter burning flame, then Crocolore and Skeledurge laying eggs in the wild are likely to burn hotter, thus resulting in a disproportionately male clutch of eggs. In the Totodile episode of this podcast, we talked a bit about how the direction of teeth can help determine whether a crocodilian is an alligator or a crocodile. If the teeth interlock, it's a crocodile. If they go in one direction, or are not visible at all, it's an alligator. However, there is another wrinkle that Fuecoco introduces, an egg tooth. An egg tooth isn't really a tooth so much as it is a tough piece of protruding skin that baby crocodilians use to penetrate the inner membrane of their egg. Without it, it's possible that the baby will not be able to penetrate the inner membrane at all and die inside the egg. While Floicoco's single adorable overbite tooth is much more clearly a normal tooth, it is still reminiscent of, and likely inspired by, the crocodilian egg tooth. Crocolore, the Fire Croc Pokémon The combination of Crocolore's fire energy and overflowing vitality has caused an egg-shaped fireball to appear on the Pokémon's head. The valve in Crocolore's flame sac is closely connected to its vocal cords. This Pokémon utters a guttural cry as it spews flames every which way. As Crocolore evolves and burns ever hotter, it needs to vent even more of its fire energy through its head, resulting in an egg and a ring of fire around Crocolore resembling a Mexican sombrero. There is a great bit of irony in a sombrero made of fire, as the sombrero was a Mexican adaptation of the Spanish poblano hat, which included a wider brim to provide a greater amount of shade from the sun. However, the high conical crown of the typical Mexican sombrero may have been intended to allow more room for heat to escape from the top of the wearer's head. And in that way, venting heat from the head, the sombrero finds common purpose in Fuecoco's and Crocolore's design. If the flame sack overflowing is what causes fire energy to leak out of Fuecoco's and Crocolore's head, and the valve in the Pokémon's flame sack is somehow connected to its vocal cords, it would appear that their flame sack is located somewhere between their mouth and the top of their head. For a Pokémon that is roughly 30% head, that really doesn't narrow it down very much, but it is interesting to note that vocalizing is a natural and necessary part of Crocolore's biology. While there isn't as much history of pop culture representations of singing crocodiles, the crocodile is actually the most vocal and most social of all reptiles in real life. They communicate amongst each other through various vocalizations to signal distress, issue a threat, or seek out mates. As the male crocodiles tend to be much more vocal during the breeding season in particular, we have further justification for the singing crocodile aesthetic behind Crocolore's design, as well as its disproportionate male distribution. 
Crocolore is three foot three, one meter tall, and weighs 67.7 pounds, 30.7 kilograms, roughly about the size of a seven-year-old human child. At this size and weight, Crocolore is still very undersized in the crocodilian world, as the smallest crocodile in the world, the West African dwarf crocodile, is still almost twice as long at its largest. Skeledurge, the singer Pokemon. Skeledurge's gentle singing soothes the souls of all that hear it. Rumor has it that the fiery bird was born when the fireball on Skeledurge's head gained a soul. It changes shape when Skeledurge sings. Skeledurge burns its enemies to a crisp with flames of over 5,400 degrees Fahrenheit. There is a lot to dig into such a relatively short dex entry. While few people have ever described real-world crocodilians' vocalizations as soothing, terrifying tends to be the preferred adjective, Skeledurge is apparently quite the lovely singer. In fact, one could infer from the entries that Skeledurge is such a wonderful singer that it coaxed a soul to settle within the flame on its head. If that is the case, then the method for evolution in a hypothetical real-life crocolore would not be leveling up through battle, but becoming such an excellent singer that a departed soul decides to take up residence in its flames. The flame soul itself takes on the shape of a bird, which may be a reference to the notion that a certain type of bird, the Egyptian plover, has a cleaning symbiosis in which a Nile crocodile will not eat the plover, while the plover settles into the crocodile's mouth to clean out the bits of food lodged in its teeth. This is the kind of weird fact that you'll find in plenty of pop biology books, especially those marketed towards children. But the fact is that there is essentially no evidence that this symbiotic relationship exists at all. The whole myth begins in Egypt 459 BCE, when the Greek historian Herodotus, who would later be called the father of lies by the second century Greek philosopher Plutarch, described having seen a small bird picking out food from the mouth of a Nile crocodile. Since then, various depictions and accounts have kept the myth alive, from illustrations in the first century work The Book of Animals by Islamic author Al-Jahiz, to supposed eyewitness accounts from Western European scholars in the 19th and 20th centuries. Despite the proliferation of the myth, and its place in the popular imagination, and even some biology books, there is actually no photographic evidence of this mutualistic relationship with some of the most famous images being confessed digital reconstructions of the popular myth. If there is a mutualistic relationship between Skeledurge and its little flamebird spirit, it would appear to be rooted in song. The spirit apparently loves its Skeledurge's singing, and the dex claims that the song causes it to change shape. When using Skeledurge's signature move Torch Song in-game, we see that the flamebird spirit absolutely changes shape into a fiery microphone for Skeledurge to sing into. From there, the bird spreads its little flaming wings and attacks the opponent, born on the song of its host. So, if the benefit the flamebird spirit gets is listening to Skeledurge's song, what does Skeledurge get out of the deal? Here, we'll have to engage in a bit of speculation. Crocolore's dex entry says that its guttural cries cause flames to spew in every direction. So it could be that through its song, Skeledurge gains the ability to spew its flames more accurately through the guidance of the flamebird spirit. After all, 
Its flames of over 5,400 degrees Fahrenheit are as powerful as the heat of the Earth's core. So, if you're going to shoot flames with that much power, you want to make sure you know exactly where you're spewing them. At 5 foot 3 or 1.6 meters long, Skeledurge is comfortably within the size range of the smallest crocodile in the real world, the West African dwarf crocodile. Although it is significantly heavier, at 719.8 pounds, 326.5 kilograms. That's four times as heavy as the heaviest dwarf crocodile on record, at 180 pounds. Skeledurge's hefty weight is far more appropriate for an animal three times as long, like the American crocodile. So, how do we account for Skeledurge's incredible weight? Well, in 1907, American physician Duncan McDougall published the results of a scientific experiment that sought to determine whether or not the soul weighed anything, by weighing people before and after the moment of death. While the experiment was easily and widely debunked due to the small sample size and the fact that only one of the six test subjects displayed any apparent change, it caught the popular imagination and gave rise to the common belief that the soul weighs 21 grams. Of course, 21 grams is less than an ounce of weight, so it certainly doesn't tip the scale in any significant way. And fire weighs about 0.3 kilograms to 1.3 kilograms per cubic meter, depending on altitude. So that's not contributing very much either. So it appears that the answer is just, Skeledurge is really, really, incredibly dense. Given that Fuecoco and Crocolore are both called the Fire Croc Pokémon, it stands to reason that regardless of their physical morphology, we should assume that they are specifically inspired by crocodiles. We'll extend this assumption to Skeledurge as well, even though it has a noticeable overbite characteristic of alligators. Unfortunately, the information we have on the Fuecoco line contains information common to essentially all crocodiles, so we'll have to seek other ways to distinguish which species of crocodile they are most closely related to. While the Paldea region is clearly modeled on Spain, and perhaps more broadly the Iberian Peninsula, the Fuecoco line, especially Crocolore and Skeledurge, are very distinctly Mexican, not Spanish. In that Crocolore wears what appears to be a sombrero, Skeledurge's face appears to be a stylized sugar skull, and the flames they both bear around their head and jaws, respectively, resemble Mexican marigolds, a kind of flower with special significance to the Dia de Muertos, or Day of the Dead festivities. All of these elements are specifically tied to the indigenous culture and lore of Mexico. Fortunately, Mexico only has two native crocodiles to choose from, the American crocodile and Moralet's crocodile. Fuecoco and Crocolore are the fire croc Pokémon, which says to me they don't want to stay in the water any longer than they have to. However, all crocodiles are semi-aquatic and live near or in water their entire lives. The American crocodile is one of the only crocodiles that can also thrive in brackish water and even salt water. Since none of the Pokémon in the Fuecoco line would be particularly thrilled with setting out to sea, we'll be choosing the lesser-known Moralette's crocodile as our primary influence. It helps that the American crocodile can be found in Florida and South America in addition to Mexico, while Moralette's crocodile 
is much more localized to the east coast of Mexico, Belize, and Guatemala, making Moralitz crocodile a much more quintessentially Mexican crocodile. That means that if you wanted to find a Fuecoco, Crocolore, or Skeledurge in real life, you'd have to trudge into isolated areas near freshwater habitats along the coast, from as far north as the Rio Grande, and especially down to the Yucatan Peninsula. While nowhere near as small as the aforementioned West African dwarf crocodile, Moralette's crocodile is one of the smaller crocodiles in the world, though in all other respects it is very similar in appearance to the American crocodile, if a shade or two darker, making it a constant source of confusion. So much so, in fact, that it wasn't even recognized as its own species until the 1920s, over 100 years after its original discovery. Fuecoco is said to have square-shaped scales that help its body absorb fire energy, but in real life, Moralette's crocodile scales have been used in slightly different ways. In fact, crocodiles don't really have scales, they have something called scutes. While they serve the same purpose, providing protection, scutes are overlaid with horn material and are shed piecemeal, bit by bit, rather than shedding all at once, like with snakes and lizards. In that sense, a crocodile's scutes are much more closely related to turtle shells. Scientists in Mexico have been analyzing the scutes of Moralette's crocodile as a way to determine the level of metal pollution in their environments. This research is still ongoing, but it seems possible that study of Moralette's crocodile scutes could be an effective bioindicator of pollution in those areas. Unfortunately, scientists aren't the only people in Mexico with an interest in Moralette's crocodile. Despite being classed as least concern on the IUCN's red list of threatened species, like many other species, Moralette's crocodile has long been threatened by human encroachment, destruction of its habitat, and illegal hunters seeking its skin for crocodile leather. Before we move on to abilities and movesets, let's circle back to the Day of the Dead influences found in Skeledurge's design. Arguably, all three Pokémon in the Fuecoco line bear a calavera, a skull on their face, as they are all principally red in coloration, with the exception of the white face that resembles a skeleton skull. Crocolore and Skeledurge also have decorative embellishments on their face, reminiscent of sugar skulls. Despite being made from sugar, even the earliest sugar skulls weren't necessarily made to be eaten, but as decorative pieces of folk art. Of course, in the modern era, it is not at all uncommon to have sugar skulls made to eat as treats for the children. Most commonly these days, sugar skulls are more about the aesthetic appeal and are used to decorate, especially around the ofrenda, or altar, where pictures of departed loved ones are displayed. The flames around Crocolore and Skeledurge are also very reminiscent of Mexican marigold flowers, as we previously mentioned, and serve the same decorative purpose on the ofrendas. In addition, Mexican marigolds, or cempasuchil, as it is called in Mexico, is thought to be easy for the dead to follow to their ofrendas, due to their bright orange coloration and the strong pleasant fragrance. In fact, cempasuchil is commonly planted in cemeteries throughout the region and even used to wash corpses.
When we begin to consider the ability a successful wild Fuecoco, Crocolore, or Skeledurge would have, we are faced with a difficult choice. Blaze, which heightens the power of fire-type moves when the user is in trouble, and Unaware, which ignores the stat changes of opponents. As Skeledurge's flames in particular are said to be essentially as hot as the Earth's core, it's genuinely hard to imagine them getting much hotter. That would be reason enough to choose Unaware over Blaze, but I think there's a personality aspect to it as well. Crocodiles are among the most successful animals to have ever walked the Earth. They watch the dinosaurs exit stage right, and will probably be around long after humans have destroyed themselves. Assuming we don't destroy them first. For that reason, I think it's less crocodilian of them to feel the need to burn hotter, and more crocodilian of them to just completely ignore what its opponent does. They are crocodile, and it doesn't matter what little stat boosts you think will save you, they will bury you. And so, unaware it is. Besides what we know about the entire Fuecoco line, we know two specifics about Fuecoco. That it absorbs heat energy through its scales, and that its small flame sack can't hold all the fire energy it builds up. In order to illustrate the crocodilian penchant for sunbathing, and Fuecoco's specific need to build up fire energy, we'll have to immediately dip into the moves inherited through breeding with Slack Off. While Slack Off heals the user rather than raise its special attack or boost the power of fire moves, given the small move pool typical of debutante Pokémon, it'll have to serve. However, there are no interpretations or breeding moves necessary to illustrate fire energy leaking out, as Ember captures the spirit of that perfectly. Since we don't know from the dex entries whether or not Fuecoco's flame sack is tied to its vocal folds like with Crocolore, we can't assume at the moment that Fuecoco also sings to shoot flame. So we'll give it two vocal moves that don't utilize its firepower, Snarl and Hyper Voice. In fact, if Crocolore's and Skeledurge's flame sack is so closely connected to its vocal folds, you could argue that canonically, Fuecoco is the only Pokémon in its line that can even use a vocal attack like Snarl or Hyper Voice without spewing flames. And so, we have Slack Off to soak up the sun, Ember to scatter its excess fire energy, and Snarl and Hyper Voice to get it ready for its future as a singer. Once Fuecoco evolves into Crocolore, we know for a certainty that Crocolore's flame sack is connected to its vocal folds and that it is now capable of building up so much energy, it stores it in a kind of flaming egg on its head. However, its use of those flames seems fairly chaotic, as it tends to spew those flames in every direction. In order to illustrate Crocolore's relative lack of control over its flames, we'll have to forget about a move as coordinated as Flamethrower, and instead take Incinerate and Fire Blast. Incinerate is a fire-type attack that destroys an opponent's held berries or gems, so it is a strong example of Crocolore's reckless flames. While Fire Blast is a much more direct attack akin to Flamethrower, the reason I'm choosing it is because of its relatively low 85% accuracy. Crocolore shouldn't be helpless, but given its dex entry, having a slightly more inaccurate fire attack makes the most sense for a Pokémon that has little control over its flames. Of course, a Crocolore, like the rest of its line, still relies greatly on its voice, 
so we'll allow it to keep Hyper Voice, since the dex specifically mentions Crocolore's guttural cries. And for the final move, we'll take Will-O-Wisp. You might recall from previous episodes that a Will-O-Wisp is a ball of light from a seemingly unknown source, usually seen in dense forests, and commonly referred to as ghost lights in various world folklores. Since Crocolore will eventually evolve into a partial ghost type, and the flaming egg on its head could easily be mistaken by someone in the forest for a Will-O-Wisp, it feels like an easy fourth move. Incinerate and Fire Blast to illustrate the reckless use of its flames, Hyper Voice for its guttural cries, and Will-O-Wisp for its flame egg shaped sombrero. Finally, we have Skeledurge. One of the things that has endeared me especially to the Fuecoco line is that there is almost a story being told throughout its evolution. Fuecoco has a flame sack that is too small to contain its fire energy, and so it constantly leaks out. When it evolves, it is able to store more fire energy, but is still unable to control it effectively as its flame sack is connected to its vocal folds. And finally, when it evolves into Skeledurge, it gains mastery over its voice and flames. That mastery is best illustrated in its signature move Torch Song, which has Skeledurge sing its song in order to get the Flamebird spirit to attack. It is the culmination of several levels of evolution. Keeping on theme, the second move slot will be taken by Sing. The Dex mentions that its song was so soothing that it coaxed a spirit to live in its flames, so presumably it should be soothing enough to lull opponents to sleep. That serves a double purpose, as Skeledurge will also seek help from the Ghost in the Flames by using Hex. Hex is a ghost-type move that doubles in power against opponents with status conditions, including sleep. And finally, besides all the singing and ghostly spirits, Skeledurge is still a fire-type starter whose flames are about as hot as the Earth's core. With such incredible firepower, Overheat has to take the fourth move slot. The reduction of special attack after using such a powerful move can be mitigated by the special attack boosting effect of Torch Song, so we have a good bit of synergy among Skeledurge's moves. Overheat for a fully devastating attack and Torch Song to recover, and the combination of Sing and Hex to temporarily disable an opponent and double the damage output. Now that our song is metaphorically sung, Let's see what the Earldex has to say about our first set of Paldean Pokémon in real life. Fuecoco, the Firecroc Pokémon. The single tooth on its upper jaw is used to help it out of its egg when hatching. Because its flame sac is underdeveloped, it is unable to store fire energy absorbed through its scales, causing it to frequently scatter embers. Crocolore, the Fire Croc Pokémon. It is said that the design for the Mexican Sombrero was based on the shape of the egg-shaped orb and wreath of flames around this Pokémon's head. As its flame sac is connected to its vocal folds, this Pokémon has difficulty controlling its flames, inadvertently scattering them in every direction when it vocalizes. Skeledurge, the Singer Pokémon. 
Because of its ability to soothe the spirits of the dead with its song, Skeledurge is a popular Pokémon in Mexico, where they are frequently prominent in Dia de Muertos, or Day of the Dead celebrations. It is said that the sugar skulls and tradition of Mexican marigolds on the ofrenda are meant to draw the spirits of the departed who wish to hear Skeledurge's song. And with that, our first foray into Paldea with our discussion of Huecoco, Crocolore, and Skeledurge, as well as our brief overview of Dia de Muertos traditions and Moralette's crocodile, has come to an end. 21 down, about 987 to go. I hope you've all been enjoying Pokémon Scarlet and Violet, warts and all, these past two weeks. I hope all my American listeners enjoyed their Thanksgiving holiday, and I wish Team USA the best of luck as they continue into the knockout round of the World Cup. It is great to be back, and I thank you so much for listening. I have been your host, Geo, and next time on the program, we'll be flying high as we discuss numbers 21 and 22 in the national decks, Spiro and Firo. See you then!